welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. For season one, we're talking The Ruined of Kings by Jen Lyons, the first book in her series, A Chorus of Dragons. The three of us love this book for being anti-imperialistic, for its fantastic queer characters, and the unique ways it explores the fantasy genre. So please, come read with us. So we started with chapter 42 this time. Oh, my note for this chapter is The Sad Life of Galen Demon. The chapter's so cute, though. Galen is the best boy. I love Galen. He's so sweet and lovely. And this chapter is just about how fucking traumatized and miserable he is. And it makes me sad. Would you say he has Stockholm Syndrome, right? Because he's like. Ooh, he's, he's. He like. He wants to. He sees Karen and he's going through like, oh, what would Darzen want me to oh. think about him? I think that's just like navigating an abusive relationship, right? Like, comes he's so confused by Kieran's rebellion. Mm, like yeah. he's like, I can't believe. Like at, at first he's like, oh, Kieran's now the heir, so Darzan's gonna treat him way better. And then Darzan punches him in the face, and yeah. he's like, oh, I guess what? <laughs> hmm. These chapters is like Darzan is the worst. He's so awful. He's the worst. But yeah, I think I think stuff. My instinct as a not doctor, not expert, Same. who should not be talking right now. But hey, it's a podcast. Um, is that Stockholm syndrome is for traumatic, unexpected events in which you unexpectedly sympathize with your your captor or thing versus like I think it's just like straight up abuse. Because mm. I don't know that he, I don't know that he even loves his father. He's just. You know, he's just a child who's dependent yeah, he's on like his father. 14, yeah. I think. Yeah, he's, he's 14. Yeah. I and have like, it on my notes. Yeah, and there's, you know, he, he talks about, the chapter kind of opens with him basically talking about how, like, no matter what he does, it is never enough for Darzan. You know, he, he dresses up, he's a dandy. He dresses down, yeah. he's a slumming it. He's not allowed to go to the academy to learn yeah. magic. What? Man, I feel so bad for Galen. Yeah, he is, yeah. Galen has one of the saddest lives in in a story you know about people who have been enslaved and stuff galen still manages to have one of the saddest lives in these books he's not even allowed to eat fruit because it's for commoners right? like yeah and like yeah and darzen's just in this greenhouse eating like meat like salted pork belly or so like i love pork belly and that sounds awful and i think he talks at one point about he can't even go in the greenhouse even if it's nighttime and it's not hot without getting nauseous yeah, yeah. and tarzan doesn't give a shit about him Galen's a sweet baby and he deserves better yeah the characterization here is really good really fast because we understand the dynamic really quickly, and also Galen's reaction to it is so yeah. sweet and so pure, yeah. and so I. But like, 
it's so innocent. It's like, I just want to make you happy and I don't know how. And it's just yeah. so heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I really appreciated how much how much defiance Kieran infused into all the situations, which was honestly very heroic. Like, we talk shit about Kieran, but like, standing yeah. up to someone like that is as awesome as standing up to a dragon. Darcy is fucking terrifying. He does say uh, something, I think it's at the beginning of the next chapter, actually. Where he says, I, do- I never believed in being stupid by halves. Like, that definitely <laughs> does sum up a lot of Kieran's behavior. But including things like being, you know, what could be called stupidly defiant of this monster who has shown that he will absolutely beat you, almost kill you, kill other people in front of you because he can't kill you. Like, he's... And, and Kieran is still, like... Sn- sassing him and getting punched at, in the at jaw. At least I have your love. Oh god, <laughs> it's a so great good. line. And I yeah. and like there's so many good lines like this in this set of chapters with like Kieran and Darzan and and I love it, but it, obviously it's awful because he gets like beat the shit beat out of him every time. But uh yeah, like he's it's very like um and maybe this is just because I've been watching uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so I've been thinking about Captain America a lot. But like, it's very like I can do this all day kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, because I feel like Kieran, he has no connection to anyone really here, so he's at he's still at the I have nothing to lose. Yeah. Point. Yeah, like my whole family's dead. Like, fuck it. It's it's weird how okay it's weird how Darzen is acting like a dad even though he's a terrible dad when in like in the background we know he this he just wants the stone of shackles like that's the whole plan yeah in the background but he's going through all this like dad stuff even though it's like an abusive terrible awful dad of teaching kieran some swordsmanship and this and that and it's like he like i didn't realize until now when we we're reading it how much of a front Darzan is putting up it's like this a whole act yeah it doesn't really it's not really and it's, necessary and he's still awful yeah <laughs> like he's just awful for the sake of being awful even though it's not part of the plan yeah. at I, all the only thing i'm assuming like the main the only well i don't i don't believe that Darzan has the ability to not be awful um and i don't think he's like playing it up but I, i'm assuming like it's part of, partly uh, to drive Kirin to Alshne slash Talon. Yeah. Right? I think I think that's part of it. But I don't yeah, I think you're right that he doesn't he doesn't fully have control. Yeah, like mm. he's not it's not really a plan. He's just being himself and it works. Right. But why yeah. does he why does he care about Kirin playing in the uh the, whatever that get together was. Oh yeah. Like oh, because it's not a demand thing. S- something that what does he care? Do. He just wants the stone of shackles. Like, yeah, I mean he's he's a control freak too, I guess, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's good in that it's like kind of classic to an abuser to want to control things yeah. that don't matter. Yeah. In the same way that like abusive boyfriends are like you know why I don't want you to see that person. I don't want you to do yeah. that thing. There's no reason for it in a logical sense. It's yeah. just like... It's like, oh. I, I control your life. Yeah. yeah. Because Darzan has no true control. He's the heir, but he has no authority. Everyone hates him. 
and like he when when Kieran stands up to him at that dinner a little bit in a few other chapters um and he humiliates him mm. in a way that wouldn't be humiliating for anyone else he just made the family laugh yeah and but like Darzen takes it so personally and is like well now i have to like destroy you because i'm supposed to be the one in control and anytime that slips it's just like yeah so it, I, I thought that you know very they're not subtle exactly but like there's a lot of stuff going on that's smart in them he made the slave laugh at darzen mm-hmm. who darzen knows is is because maya is the first one to laugh yeah oh right yeah and darzen knows that's kieran's mother yeah. i'm pretty sure he knows i think so he, he at least knows that theron is kieran's father yeah right i love that galen in 44 tries to explain Darzen's physical abuse is like, oh, it's his right as oh, my father. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Kieran has this great line, a bully is still a bully even if the law gives them the right. Uh, I like that line. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah, Kieran, like, Kieran didn't see a lot of stuff in the chapters leading up to this, but mm-hmm. this is, his, his clarity of sight, which is probably due to his, like, very very recent traumas like well i'm just i just get to look at things because i hate everything and i'm you know like i'm just in this suspended state of despair so like let's look and see how bad this really is and he can just see very clearly how bad it is and he gets to stand up to everyone um which is it's like probably too like the one thing he can control right now is like his response to things and like you know he can't really do a lot but he can at least not take what's happening to him lying down and he can at least try to protect this new little brother of his who like they are almost immediately super sweet with each other like yeah like galen is a little worried about kieran to start they they get on like a house on fire really quickly and like galen takes him down takes kieran down to like his little hidey hole like the, the storage room former thana temple and they and they find the the painting of Pedro because uh, Kieran is like unsure of if Theron's really his father, and it's funny mm-hmm. because like we know, or sorry, is unsure if Darzan is his real father. And it's funny because like we we now know that he's not, but like by virtue of showing the pe- portrait of Pedro, he actually does become convinced he's Darzan's son, even though he's not. Well, he, he, does, he knows he he's does related figure to him. out that. Yeah. Uh... He does figure out that Pedrin is actually Theron's father. Yeah, and which I, thought, I oh, that forgotten was really clever. That wrinkle where, like, apparently Theron was not Pedrin's son, <clears throat> which didn't. I don't know if that ever gets referenced again. It sounds like it was just something to cover up the idea that Theron killed Pe- Pedrin and was like a a patricider. I don't. But think I they think care. he admitted it in the last ten chapters. Or he said something to the effect of... Because he, he references it again in these ten chapters where he's like, yeah, my father was a piece of shit. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's... it's I, I don't ever recall it being said that much that, like, other people think that Pedro wasn't Theron's father. I don't know. I don't think they would have cared. Yeah, I don't think they would have cared either. Did. Yeah. Because yeah. basically because of what a Pedron did. Yeah. Him and uh, yeah. Gadrith. Yeah. Oh, yes, we learn about the affair of the voices. I want yeah. that book. I want that book. I yeah. want any other books. 
why don't we talk about the affair of the voices as I switch to my notes over there? And also, um, I had forgotten that the affair of the voices involved the murder of Similian, the emperor. Yes. Oh, there was a fucking footnote in there too. I wanted to ask you guys when I was reading it because I couldn't remember. Thervishar has a note saying uh, the gods were the gods were pissed off about this because Similian was doing something oh, important yes. for them. Yes. And I, I, it, I, honestly, it probably has come up in the later books, but I don't remember what exactly it is that he I don't was either. doing. But we get to hear about the most important character in the book. Good old Uncle Bavrin. <laughs> he's the he's the kooky uncle that showed all them the secret area. He's the one that comments, "Yep, he's a real demon." When Kieran has that oh, smart ass right. remark, I want the adventures of Uncle Bavrin. <laughs> uncle Bavrin and Aunt Tashar. He's the anti Butterbelly. He's yeah. super important. <laughs> I'm sure he had his oh, own God. storied life. It's a bummer when you find out that, like, not all the demons suck. And it's like, oh, I, why don't we hang out with the ones who don't suck? They seem fun. Mm. We also, in this chapter, get our first glimpse of the super important, do not forget them, Devoran prophecies. Wizard, thief, them. knight, <laughs> oh, and wait. king. The children will not know the names of their fathers who are the voice of their sting. Which, Which I agree with, Kieran. That's fucking terrible poetry. It doesn't <laughs> oh, scan. Yeah, it Sting means nothing. And it was, it's it was written by demons. It was, it was recited by demons and translated by the Devorans. So of course it, they're bad translators. <laughs> I'm sure in the in demon tongue it sounds super cool. Right. I'm not sure of that at all. I think that was a bad poet from start to finish. Just. Pushing up your glasses like, well, in the original demon, it makes much more sense. <laughs> hey, speaking of things that already happened, the fucking uh, video game level that Kieran goes through that Terrandel, <laughs> or that Doc makes for him of Terrandel attempting to conquer the Manol. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, that that was definitely like, oh, hey, you're a game developer. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Yeah, like he he checkpoints basically every once in a while. Oh, very often. It's, it's like a great you died chapter. like forty times. You suck. Yeah, it's a great chapter. Like it get we, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we we learn not only like about the kind of Kerpus versus Manolvane, uh, we learn about Chainbreaker and the Stone of Shackles and how they work. Which it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy to me that Kieran's been wearing it all this time because by the time he's on the island, he's it's like a good yeah. like three years from I don't know like the night at the Casavar house. He still doesn't really know what it does. Yeah, we as readers already knew because Talon tells right. it to uh, to um, oh, God, what's her name Ola. Oh yeah, but right. uh, this is the first that Kieran is learning about it. Yeah. And, and it's like, good to have the refresher. Because I, I yes. Yes. you can't A, you can't trust Talon, and B, yeah. she doesn't do a great oh, job. Oh yeah, now we're now we're getting it from a reputable source. Yeah. Right. And we literally have like seen how it works. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, we learned that Doc is the mind of Terendel in the body of Mithrael. Uh, and that he is Tareth's daddy. 
So Tereth is the biological son of Mithrael, but Terendel's in his body. I just want to say, uh, sometimes fantasy names in books can be awful. I love all the names in these books. Terendel, Valathia, uh, Mithrael. They're I good, love them the... all. Like, sometimes elf names suck. They're, like, too complicated for complicated sakes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there's a whole naming convention here, and that's nice. Yes. That that does help a lot. I do find, on the first read-through, I found this very confusing, but a lot of yes. it is because not only do people have, are, like, body-swapping, but they also, like, just are called different things throughout their lives. Like, Tarendel is also called Doc, and uh, do we, I don't know, do we learn also that he's Nikolai Mil- Milligreased at this part? Have we learned uh, that? Not yet. Uh, not yet, okay. Like, and it makes sense, like, you know, some of these people are immortal. They've lived for thousands of years. Uh, they're going to go through a few names here and there. But one of the, th- I, I do find, like, especially on the first read-through, this books were kind of confusing because it was like, oh, God, which myth is this? Which tear is this? Like, uh. It's funny when you reread a book and you uh, have the same thoughts that you had the first time you read it. I remember when I was rereading... Uh, now, when I was reading book two for the first time, I was looking through the glossary of book one, and I remember DMing Christina about, because uh, Doc talks about the immortal races, the Voras, the Vordrif, the mm. Voromir, and the Vane, yeah. and how the Voras became human, and the, then he says, the Vordrith and the Voromir went into hiding. And I remember messaging Christina being like, where are the Vordrith? Where are the Voromir? <laughs> and as I was rereading these chapters, I had the same thought. I'm like, I'm having deja vu about this. Where are they? <laughs> yeah. It's weird to me that we really have it. So, okay. So the, the Voromir became the Morgage, right? The, the Morgage. And Morgage, okay. I think, I think Thervishart... Dervishar is part Vordred? Uh, yes, yeah, so the, yeah. the Vordred became the Dreth, and Dervishar is half Dreth. But we never see them. And there's like a weird reference at some point to the fact that they live underground and like they are quote unquote the dwarves of this world. Yeah. yeah. Um, and are referred to dwarves, but are not like what we would. I like that. I like when a world is built and um, you don't get everything. Mm. Yeah. They're just out there. Even though I want everything. Yeah. (laughs) But I like that there are secrets. Like, you you can't know everything about a world. But I would say, if if these books in particular gave us everything, you wouldn't read them. Like, these ten chapters, I was rereading them. I was like, damn it, this is like drinking from a fire hose. No matter how many times I had tried to read this the first read-through, I wouldn't have gotten everything. I would have had to start over. Because these... These chapters in particular are like, hey, it's the Affair of the Voices, and we're also going to bring up Similian, a guy who's different from Atrin Kandor, both of whom are emperors, and hey, go through this video game where you also deal with the, the Vane fighting each other. It's like, holy shit, that's so yeah, much. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, yeah, the, that is the thing that constantly, I've said this so many times, though, like, it constantly stuns me reading this book, like, how much stuff is laid out. Yeah. Yeah, like there's so much world building, and it's it's subtle actually in a way. Like yeah. I, I, I mean, it's I, laid out, but it doesn't weigh yeah, you down. Yeah, I definitely exactly. remember reading the first book and like knowing that a lot of it was probably going over my head, but like it doesn't subtract from the enjoyment of the story. 
Yeah, if she had paused to explain everything that happened, she would have had to write five more books. Just being like, okay, day one, landed <laughs> on this planet. Yeah. Anyway. What's funny about these chapters with Tarendel is um, we, if you were reading this for the first time, you don't know this, but we know that Kieran gets uh, drugged and put on the misery before these chapters. So you think he would know better right? when he <laughs> ate and drank that food from Tarendel where he passes out. But if you're reading this for the first time, you don't know that he should right, know better. That's true. I mean, Doc even calls him on it too. He's like, what kind of idiot just takes food from a stranger? They brought a, I, this makes me come off as definitely as naive as Kieran, but like, if I ended up with people who are finally taking care of me yeah. and mm -hmm. finally, like they brought me a tutor and I thought oh, he yeah. was fat, I but would too. you know, yeah, great guy. I was like, I would definitely take, cause like I've been eating and drinking with all these other people who are assassins, but you know, nice. Yeah. Also, he just played for uh, the old man for like a whole day. Oh, right. So yeah. he was probably so hungry. I would, never mind. I think everything back what I said, I would eat that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And he and he did hide it. It wasn't like here, have this glass of poison. Yeah, it's labeled poison. <laughs> Every time Kira deals with the old man, it just ends horribly. And he yes. just like I, I mean, yeah, that that is like the chapter where he's like, because I did, I'd never believe in doing things or doing stupid things by half. Yeah, like yeah. it's like he he just constantly is like stomping up to the beach, like what up, dragon? And he just gets his ass beat every time. Man, I. I know it's, I know it's bad, and we can criticize Kieran for that all we want, but I am just as direct a person. Like, I sympathize with that characterization, even if it's not wise, I am not a subtle person. <laughs> like, I can't put plans into play that last millennia, which is why I love reading mm. these books, because, like, other people are capable of it. But mm. if it were me, I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> it's enough. just funny that he'll approach the old man, but after, right after that, he's like talking about, oh, Sharonical is so big that Terafe, you know, every and everyday normal people's perception of it, they can't accept that something is that big. And it's like, and it's maybe moving. that's a clue yeah. that you shouldn't be interacting <laughs> with it. And Karen's like, I'm just going to talk to him. Yeah, I'm just going to wordplay my way out of this. I mean, listen, he has a bunch of dumb choices to make. That's true. Yeah. But the last time he talked to it, he did sing him way, his way out of a problem. That's true. Yeah. So his track record is actually one for O. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Fair. Or one and O. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't end great for him, but he's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it in our next batch of chapters, but at the, oh. at the end of chapter 49, he's clearly off to go do something stupid again with the old man, because he's again. like, what? Nobody can kill me. All right. Bye. <laughs> oh, and I wanted to point out um, in 43, when he's talking to the old man, uh, Sharana Call has this whole line about uh, Kieran is just this soldier uh, following orders. And Kieran's like, I don't, I've never done any military service or anything. <laughs> and I didn't get that the first time. He's talking about uh, Sarek, yeah. not yeah. about Kieran. Because 
I forget the details, but Sarek's position in like the old universe was like a military guy. Yeah. And and the old man knew him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so he, he recognizes is... him. Oh no, they're not related, but they would no. have known each other, yeah. Mm-hmm. They are in the same like circles. So yeah, that I laughed really hard when I read that. I was like, Oh I, didn't I was so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I missed everything. Yeah. The one thing I liked about these chapters, too, was, um, so she's been setting up the Stone of Shackles, she's been setting up, like, the magic system, and we actually get, like, this really kind of wry payoff where Tarendel is like, well, I, a person, a soul, was the king, but it turns out that we all decided that it goes with your blood and your body and not with your soul, and so I stopped being king the minute I got stabbed. It was like... Oh, that's a really good point. Like, oh yeah, fantasy the idea novels. That, like, yeah, even though you are the same mind because you're you are in a different body now, somehow he he wasn't fit to be king anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. The consequences, like other fantasy books, never take the consequences of their magic that far as to say, yeah. like, well, if souls exist and we can keep them going, why don't we just? Dalai Lama it like why don't we just right. find the old king in the new body and yeah. like keep bringing him back and um and and this wry little like aside is like no I thought about this I thought about all the consequences yeah. of this magic and they're hilarious he, and I, I think he you know he, he references the fact too that like you know he's like oh I became one of those impure Manovane and like you get the feeling that if he, you know, back when he was in his OG body, he absolutely would have been one of those people that's like, nope, soul swapped. You're not you anymore. You don't get to yeah. be king. And then it happened yeah. to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he has that remark about, am I still an idiot racist? And he's like, <laughs> no. I like to think I've learned. Yeah. I don't really understand the conflict between the Manalvane and the Kirpusvane. Maybe it comes up again later, but I feel like I've forgotten it. <sighs> It was just dumb infighting, and then Atron Candor took advantage of it and basically killed them all off. Like, conquered the Kirpus and almost caught, well, not, didn't conquer them at all, but like, did pretty good at wiping a lot of them out. And then they united, and it was just kind of like, oh, we hate other people more than Yeah, right? It's like, ooh, Which, whoops. Yeah, that tracks. These chapters also have another great, um, uh, what Kieran knows versus what the reader thinks Kieran knows. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like when you're reading this for the first time, uh, we have no idea why Kieran is so desperate to leave the island. But the events that are going to happen at the end of the book that Kieran knows about Gadrith and Darzin and what their plan is... Mm-hmm. Uh, this Kieran that we're reading, he already knows that. But we as readers, for the if we're reading this for the first time, we don't know that. So it's like this meta, uh, like, different timelines of, Kieran, why do you want to leave this island so bad? Like, you don't understand. And, uh, but Kieran knows, oh, there's something I have to do. I have to, like, save my family and everything. But the reader has no way of knowing that yet. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, there's like a vague reference to like how he got people killed or something when he left or what, or people were going to yeah, like in the earlier chapters when they're kind of still on the boat. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it's true. We don't really, we don't get more of that until later. Oh yeah, and he has that talk with Tienso where he says he has to save his friends and family. But we have no idea what from. That's a good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think think a more astute reader, certainly than I am, could have put together at least, because we know that Darzan can only sacrifice family members to summon demons, or thinks that he can only. Um, So we know that there might be danger there, but um, yeah, it's like lost in this world of information. So like, I... I, and it didn't occur to me, like, that's a really great way to play with your expectations. Because we, this whole book, everyone treats Kieran like he's an idiot who doesn't know anything. But he actually knows something here. Yeah, so he's a really when, vital piece of information. Right. And so when he reveals that later on, it's like, oh my god, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about the the Vane, but what did you guys think about, like, some of the stuff that we learned in House Demon, other than Darzan? Because we learned some stuff about uh, some of the other characters, not just Galen. Yeah. Like, they're um, kind of a fucked up little oh, family. Ga- oh, but... Galen is a beautiful poet. Uh, uh, we did learn that. Theron's daughters were also in the military. Oh, yes. Yeah. That was an interesting little tidbit that, like, I had totally forgotten about. Yeah, we, we learn about kind of like, oh, you think Darzan's bad? Like, Pedron was a real piece of shit. Oh, and we learn about um, Mia, right? Yes. Yeah. And about how, so so we learned about how Theron was a priest of Thana, his wife died, and she wouldn't get returned. And that mm-hmm. basically caused him to uh, lose his mind and spiral into alcoholism. And Mia basically ran the whole house for like two years or something, I think it was. Yeah. It was a while. And everybody was just like, okay, yep, yeah, we're going along with this because otherwise we're all fucked. We learned that uh, Theron... That Thane would not bring back Theron's wife. Yeah. And I think, looking back, she did that on purpose. Oh, absolutely. I, oh, she yeah. she orchestrated, by not bringing back his wife, the birth of Kieran. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or even just some kind of opportunity for Mia within that, because she knew that like Mia was in that household. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I, we learned later in this book that they're also related. Um, yeah. Sort of. I think Thane wanted Kieran to be uh, half core, half model Vane I on purpose. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, I, I 100%. And I like the fact that uh, we get a little bit more of Theron, too. Because once you know yeah. his backstory, I like that he doesn't become sympathetic. You know? We get, we get to know that he's this kind of ineffectual like head of household who used to do cool stuff and still kind of has his finger on the shadow dancer pulse but like he like karen says it's like you won't put down a rabid dog you're no better yeah Yeah, i love that that was a great line karen calling theron on his shit vis-a-vis darzen is so good he's like yeah Yeah. yeah he's basically like okay so you'll just he just suffer suffers no consequences no matter what, and he can go around killing, raping, murdering, abusing everybody in this house forever, and you're just never going to say anything. And I think he, he even makes a reference. He's like, I know poor ass people in the lower circle who would be ashamed yeah. to have anybody like that in their family, and they would take care of it. Right. Yeah. It's the more harsh version of what he says to Galen about yeah. being a bully in the law. Yeah. He yeah. lays the truth of 
because Darren tries to, uh, you know, use that same line of, oh, the law gives him yeah. that right. And Kieran's like, you're full of, you're full you're so of horse shit. This is yeah. like right after Darzan is threatened to cut off Thierin, Kieran's thumbs, too. So this is like the, the scariest moment for me of Darzan, where he just becomes yeah. full. Yeah. Like, he lets the shield down and lets his sociopath yeah. tendencies come out. Yeah, it's wild. Like, he's like, how are you going to play without any thumbs? Yeah. But though, so, and the, kind of the reason he backs off is because Theron tells him, like, back the fuck off or I will expose your role in the affair of the voices. Mm-hmm. Darzan as a t- like a as a child. Yeah, he must have been like the 50? fair voices. It's scary. Yeah. yeah, I totally want that story. Yeah. Do you guys know how long ago the affair of the voices I was? It was like twenty years. I'm not sure. I wonder how old Darzan was and how old he is I'll now. Check the the timeline in book three. I bet it's in there. The affair of the voices must have coincided with some of the stuff with Doc and Theron and everything. Because yeah, I think it happened at that time. Like. Because he, once Simeon died, they would have needed a new emperor, and the new emperor, yeah. I think, is Sandus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There wasn't anyone. Yeah. Oh, so it must have been fifteen years then, because that's when Kieran was born. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. Because maybe it was um, before that. Then it must have been slightly before that. Well, no, they didn't. Oh no, wait. It wasn't Simeon. It was Gendal, wasn't it? It was an attempt to kill Gendal. Yeah, it was. Ge- it was Gendal. Oh, okay. Simeon yeah. got killed by a different. Oh, oh. Okay, the reason the the royal houses cannot actually rule is because they conspired to kill Simeon 200 mm-hmm. years ago or whatever. That's why Oh, that, right, I'm right. conflating okay, the two. Yes. The affair of the voices is not the same thing as, yes. the, as the institution of that Yes, rule. and that is the reason right. that they can't um, rule. And then the affair of the voices was a, basically an attempt to overturn that. Right. I just imagine... Tarzan as a sniveling kid visiting Gadger. Oh like, teach me more evil. <laughs> right? Who else was in? There's Pedron was in that, and then there was one more, right? There's like there's a, there a bunch of people. There's a bunch of people because okay. they talk about Gadriff. Like, th- I think it's Theron that talks about Gadriff. Like, oh, he just like sort of like. He was the wizard in the prophecy, and he just sort of placeholded other people, just forced them into that role, because mm-hmm. he's so convinced that he's the wizard in the uh, prophecy that he put other people in there to fit. Oh, no, sorry. Okay, so the affair of the voices happens three years before Kieran is born. So, mm. 18 years ago, as of as of when this conversation is happening at that book. Uh, okay. Two- Two, yeah, twenty one nineteen QR is the affair of the voices, and Kieran is born in twenty one twenty one QR. So that makes Darzan like somewhere in his thirties then, maybe forties. Yeah. So he's yeah. Wasn't didn't he get married to Alshanae very very young? He did. Yeah. yeah. She says I think she said that he was fifteen and she was fourteen or something. It maybe was something, he was a little, but but again, older. like liars. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, because it's um, Talon. So it's Talon. Yeah, yeah, and she might be going for the sympathetic because yeah. when she is saying like, "Oh, I was so young, I didn't know." He was so that's, dashing. That's the yeah, yeah. The, the place where Kieran is in is that he's so young and he's starting to realize how young he is. And mm-hmm. anyway. Talon's also insane, though. So we don't know how yeah. much of it is 
the actual um memories of yeah. Alshanae in her yeah. head taking over or her lying. Yeah. One of the things I really love about the way Talon's insanity is written is it's not like she's out just, you know, stark raving, lo- you know, your classic like loony bananas. She just like <laughs> has thousands of personalities within her and has a hard time keeping them straight. And then she, obviously, you know, also like compulsive liar and things like that and like loves to murder any brains. But she's not, I don't know, she's not like, like to use D&D terms, she's not like chaotic crazy. She's like lawful Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. But yeah, like she, yeah, she's not, you know, she's, I don't know. Darzane is more uh, horrible, like spontaneous, awful than she is. And she's just very like calculated, like lying and... uh, I don't know. She is it she's not insane in the same way that like insane right. people are often presented in right in books. I bring it up because one of the questions I had about this the Alshane chapter with Kieran is why is Talon telling Kieran all this information? Mm. Like it go like her the amount of information she gives about Maya and Theron and yeah. all that. It goes beyond the you know, set up of psychological torture in order to get the Stone of Shackles. So that... that, I don't know. Do you think it's, like, the part of her that wants to protect Kieran in a way? I don't know, because we don't know at this point if she's killed Ola or not, but she does have Serja inside. She's got Serja, she's got Lyrilum. Oh, man. Talon's a great character. Talon's great. Talon is a great character. Love Talon. I also, too, wonder, like... I think it. I think it. Part of it could still be part of a long con because what Karen wants isn't like sympathy. Like he wants help, and information is the only currency he has. Yeah, mm. yeah. He doesn't like. There are plenty of people who would be willing to listen to him. Like he could. He could call for a slave and just talk to that person. Right. But he doesn't. He he wants reciprocity, not like a therapist. He wants someone to be right. his friend. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. could see it. I could yeah. see her playing it that way, but I could also see it just being like he's also like drunk at this point too. Yeah, and yeah, maybe drugged. We don't know what's in the wine. Yeah, so. I I think there's been references in, in other books of Vonnie wine being particularly potent. So yeah. I think it's partially just Vonnie wine. But I mean, he's also yeah. fifteen, and it's you know and. It's a it's a real bad situation. Chapter oh, fifty is fucked up. It's it. I hate it because it's oh, man. On the one hand, it feels so good to see Darzan get cucked. Yeah, but everything about it is like so gross. But Kira's description of the euphoria from the Vane wine, I, was, I did go. I want some of that. Wine. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because it's like he describes it like almost like. Oh, I'm seeing new colors. Yeah. <laughs> it's very like, uh, you know, descriptions of like ambrosia and, and stuff like that. Like it tastes like honey and feels like sunshine. Yeah. Or it's just the fun version of lambus bread. Yeah. Like, well, this will <laughs> keep you alive forever. Le- and it's, this it's will make you want to be alive. Fermented lambus bread. Right. <laughs> Made from the finest elf yeast. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Sorry. I don't know why the words elf yeast seem so gross. Yeast is not a good word. Yeast is not a good word, but it's a great microorganism. It gives us so many amazing things. Booze, 
bread, other stuff. We love some yeast. We love some yeah. Some just you know it's just not a good word. Our our little microscopic buddies. I found Karen's description of it. I just want to read it real quick. It was fire, then a shivering rush of euphoria. A wave of excitement raced through him, lighting every inch of his body's nerve to the experience of being. He smelled the soil from the pots and the rose hips and lemon peel of Alchonay's perfume. Then the feeling faded as the sip ended. It's like an orgasm in a cup. Yeah, I I want some. It's like an acid trip. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I kind of felt Whoa. like it was, like, drugged. But, it, it, yeah, it's probably just the wine. I mean, he's cert- he's not sober. No. But there's no, there's he's not multiple of layers himself. of not consent that goes on in this scene. Yes. Yeah. It's bad. It's a bad time. It It's a... It's a unique thing for a series like this because this would never come up in real life of... Well, I mean, it would, but not in a transforming mimic of yeah. someone pretending to be someone else and right. therefore mm-hmm. it's not really consent Kieran is giving no. because he's giving it to someone who isn't who they're really supposed to be yeah well he does yeah I mean it fades out before even like the sex starts happening but like so we don't know at all like how whether he gave consent even a little bit uh we just know that he's getting real drunk yeah right. and it's not like to get a little blue, they have. It's not like they just have regular sex. No, they fuck. It's really rough. Yeah. There's like, and it's all from what, and back to what um, Zal Taroth did to Kieran, yeah. where she she has like marks on her neck and like. Yeah. Oh boy, it's it's rough. Yeah. And I mean, like rough as in difficult to read. Yeah. And it's. It, if there weren't the issue of someone pretending to be someone they're not, you could see it as potentially cathartic. Mm-hmm. But because it's Talon, it, yeah. then you have to ask, like, how much was consent involved in terms yeah. of, like, it's the bad. alcohol as well. Yeah. Because sometimes people just have drinks and yeah. and can consent. They're, you know, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, no, it's the pretending to be someone else. It's, that yeah, the talent, but like up. the talent yeah. is cascading then. It's like, yeah, oh, it's but then what about the alcohol? Yeah. What about other mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. This is the part that is part of Talon's and Darzan's psychological yeah. torture yeah. for Kieran. Yeah. And it's bad. It's a bad time. And that he has to hear about it in the, you know, in the future as they're telling this story. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, because he, oh, right, because, yeah, and he didn't know until only a couple chapters ago that T- Alshanae was Talon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the last chapter that we're talking about today begins with Kieran being like, you better not go into any Don't more detail about that. Don't right. you dare. Yeah. yeah, but it explains why he was, part of why he was so angry in yeah. chapter mm-hmm. 41 that was like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, fair, yeah. I wouldn't want to talk either, but uh, it is, I mean, like, it is interesting, all the information that she re- she reveals uh, Talon as Alshanae, and um, we, we do also hilariously get in this chapter kind of the first instance of Kieran being like, yeah, I'm mostly straight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely I, super I'm... straight. The, the uh-huh. first time you read it, you think he's saying, um, because he says, I'm into girls. And the first time you read it, you might, you could interpret it as him saying, because he, now that he's with the royal houses, 
there are some people mm-hmm. that are into girls right. and not women mm-hmm. that he's correcting himself to say, oh, I'm into yeah. women. But there could be a part of him that's also like, I'm not just into women. Yeah. It sounds like the royal houses care less than the general population about sexuality because they're like well we're gonna try to set you up with someone yeah but we want to make sure that we set you up with women if that's what you're into which is like surprisingly progressive for i think it would be like a service thing like you can fuck all the boys you want but you will marry a woman for the good of the house that kind of thing marriage yeah but i think they would they wouldn't also hesitate to throw him at like oh well this other house has this other gay son go hook up with them and get us favorable yeah yeah so but you know who would care darzen Darzen. because he's terrible Yeah. yeah Yeah. Turns out, Darthen is like all the all the toxic masculinity yeah. in this series put into one person. He really is. He even dre- he even does the peacocking thing like in the the game. I did enjoy just learning things for the sake of learning things in this chapter, even yeah. if it was from Talon, even if you can't totally trust it, because yeah. like everybody else doles out the information in these little tidbits, and Doc's like. Yeah, I'm going to use you to work out my own issues about how I, you know, feel conflicted about my kingship and whatever. And Kieran's just standing there like, I don't know how my necklace works. It's been on my neck for 16 years. I'm 15. Right. I've been up for 20 hours playing for a dragon that wants to eat slash keep me. I want, like... Someone just told me they wanted me to be their pet, yeah. and it was the size of the mountain. Uh. And and Terendel slash Doc is just standing there being like, you know, let's work through some of my <laughs> unprocessed trauma. Have I talked to you about my relationship with my son? Right. It's just like, I have a lot of self-loathing about that, you know? <laughs> I think it all started when... Anyway, I'll show you. Oh, it's so great. I love Doc. Yeah, yeah, he could have... He could have used... Um, the memories of someone we'll talk who we'll talk about the next time that also is a sword master but no he just had to do this this traumatic experience yeah. of when he died over and over right, again exactly <laughs> karen hasn't been through enough yeah right but like meanwhile talon is just sitting there being like Anyway, this is when I got married, and this is when Theron did this thing, and then he got like, and this is his psychological profile. Yeah. Like he was devastated and this by this is all emotional about event. Maya. Right. I yeah. Just, yeah. She dropped like, some oh. knowledge. Finally. Also, the hint the the Maya taking over the family house and running shit super well. Yeah. Should hint at you know maybe she's more than just, she appears. Just a handmaiden. Yeah. 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 yeah, for sure. Didn't pick up on that the first time either. I was like, oh, nope. she seems nope. nice. Maybe she's just capable. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's why she's a seneschal now. Okay. Right. Huh. Great. I was like, what exactly is a seneschal? I know the word and I've heard it a lot, but I don't exactly what the like job description like is. Like an executive assistant, I would say. <laughs> like like the, the office manager of the, the Blue Palace. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to look it up because I don't... Because, like, sometimes fantasy uses the word steward, yeah. and other times it uses chancellor, yeah. and, Similar like... Similar ideas, I think. In fact, dictionary says, Oxford Dictionary says that the steward or major domo of ah. a great house. Ooh, major so, domo, that's a good word. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, you are exactly correct. Ooh. It is steward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I feel like people use that word also because it's like, steward doesn't sound as fancy. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't actually have that many more notes. Like, yeah, that's there was a lot that note. was covered, but also it was it was self-evident. There wasn't a lot yeah. of like conflict about it. It's, it's it was a, just kind of like a lot of exposition. Yeah. In Galen, a good way. Galen's a sweetheart. That's my takeaway from these chapters. Oh, yeah, one, one of my notes is just Galen and Kieran are friends. Yeah. With <laughs> Galen is best boy and deserves better. Yeah. Galen, Galen's the name of a uh, classical physician. FYI. Oh, yeah. If anybody knew that. Yes. Um, it's just like Jen Lyons and being the a classicist. are healers. Yes. Yeah. That, I was like, that I see you, Jen Lyons. That's got to be, yeah. I, it's a little sad that we don't get Galen, uh, that we switch from Galen's point of view during that dinner, because I would love to have seen his point of view of Kieran oh, uh, embarrassing Darzen in that chapter. So good. Yeah. I, I'm glad that we got a little bit of his POV in the first yeah. of these chapters, cause it's, but I, th- I think it would also be hard to read a lot of his chapters, because he's clearly val- like uh, balancing between, like, self-protective need to keep his father happy and the self-delusion mm. that comes with it is like oh no my father deserves to be able to do these things because if he doesn't then everything around me is unjust and terrible and like i just need structure to work in but then also to be like haha my father fucking deserves it what a little bitch so i i don't know i the one book i sadly don't want unless it like i don't want i don't want to know Galen's whole childhood. That was oh god no an, no an encapsulating no, chapter. You. It was really difficult. Yeah, I love that Thervishar has that note of uh, you know, Darzan probably feared uh, Galen discovering his witch gift yeah. and his uh, his yeah. magic abilities because you don't want son- you don't want your son who you physically abuse suddenly be able to throw a fireball at yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, truth. Yeah, Darzan is is such a little man. Like, I'm glad that we get this side of villainy. Because we have a lot of... There are a lot of really good villains in the same way that yeah. a lot of really good characters. It's just, like, you have, like, the true psychopath. And then you have, like, Theron, who's kind of weak. Like, he's a bit hollowed yeah, he out. Just he doesn't have... Yeah, he doesn't have the courage of his convictions anymore. Yeah. But Darzan is, like... He's, like, this... I don't know. He's, he's like, monster. this dictator of a man. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the most personal yeah. villain yeah. that we have. Yeah. There's a villain in this story who literally eats people, and Darzan is the bigger monster. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, we get other personal villains, but it's not like... It's not like this. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's good because it's... It so clearly, like, comes from a place of inadequacy and, like, so many other ugly things that just grew into worse things. Yeah. And, ugh. You just know Kieran's, like, therapy sessions would be, like... Oh yeah, it's not really a big deal that I was, uh, you know, used to be one of the eight immortals and I was reborn <laughs> and I came from another universe. But I want to talk more about Darzan. Do you know, you starting to cut off my fingers this one time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I yeah, and and legitimately, a therapist would be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> one of the things I did forget that is worth mentioning on a podcast, though, is that Theron and most people have revealed in these chapters that they think Gadrith is dead. Yeah. So that that's an important thing to pay attention to because it's unclear that who Gadrith is and what he's done, but he's and also that he's uh the 
supposedly dead husband of um, Tanso. Yeah. So, just connections. Also, that we uh, like Gadreth is known even in the lower circles because yeah, Kieran's like you're talking about Gadreth the Twisted. Yeah. Like it's like an urban legend. Like Gadreth is a famous evil figure. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, to be fair, he bad boy. He bad. Mm-hmm. He bad. Mm-hmm. Bad news. But yeah, everyone thinks he's dead. So. I mean, they're not wrong. That's that's all I have for this week. Same, yeah. Anybody got any other notes or? No, comments? all the rest of my notes are fifty-one, which I'll have a lot to talk mm. about. I yeah. think the next yeah. batch is going to be a lot because I think we have we have the rock garden, and I, I think we have uh, the fucking where he transports himself to to Colgargoth or whatever the fucking ruined city is. Yeah, that might be the next one. set of chapters. <laughs> Like we only there's ninety chapters, right? So we're we're over halfway. Karis Golgoth. Karis Golgoth. Yeah. There we go. Yes, that's how the audiobook said yeah. it. You got it in one hey. go. Well, again, Jen Lyons being a classicist, Golgotha is the hill where I, th- I think it's the hill where Jesus died, huh. where he was crucified. Oh. Golgotha is like a thing, so that makes that's sense. like very linguistically lit. Anyway, cool. Well, um, Steph, what do you want to plug? Oh, what are we reading and stuff? Right, yeah. Uh, and I am, right now, oh, I so I burned through book four in like a week. Uh, <laughs> it's very good. Uh, by the time you hear this, it will be out. So go check it out. Uh, and other than that, I am finally getting into the meat of a book I talked about like back at the beginning and the first episode, uh, which is uh, Destroying the World to Save It, which is a book about Om Shinrikyo, the Japanese death cult. Uh, it's very psychologically, uh, like in a in a um, academic way. So I skim over lots of it, but uh, there's some interesting stuff in there too. I'm writing that down because I meant yeah. to get it and then I forgot. What it's it was a little called. textbooky, um, mm-hmm. but there's enough like fun, weird details in there that soothe the culty part of my brain, uh, like how Shogo Asahara uh, used to sell his bath water. So, like, Belle Delphine didn't even do it first. <laughs> like a gamer girl? Yeah, that's what I said. I was, like, texting uh, Vince. Ugh. And I was like, Shoka Asahara <laughs> was the first e-girl selling his bathwater. <laughs> Back in, like, 1991. Oh, man. A visionary, truly. I'm taking a break from my Ice Weapons book no. to read um, John Gwynn's Shadow of the Gods. And uh, it's very, very... Norse inspired, uh, well, nor like not just Norse mythology, but like all of Norway's folk tales, and um, so far it's pretty good. Like you could definitely tell, you, it's one of those books where you read and you're like, this guy has definitely done his research, but uh, yeah, so far it's good. Sweet. That's funny that you mentioned it because I'm also reading a book that's like. So I thought it would be, because Tor put it out, so I thought it would be more fantasy, and I thought it would be more Polish, because it's about a Polish princess, which is cool. I don't know anything about Poland, and I want to. Um, But she mostly ends up married into a lot of Scandinavian historical houses, Um, Mm -hmm. and so it's about a lot of infighting between, like, Sweden and Norway and Denmark and stuff. Um, once I got over the fact that there wasn't going to be any magic, I enjoyed it a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) It's very good. I hate that when I like start a book that I think is gonna have magic 
and it doesn't. Is it because you like are expecting the magic to happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just, you, it's like when you are falling, you think you're falling out of bed, and you jerk yourself awake. Mm, okay, it's just like because yeah. like there's there's magic, but it's like they take mushrooms. It's like okay, oh yeah, like you had a vision. Is it real? Magic well, it is mushrooms it's a don't novel. count. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> But it is, it's it's very good, it's very well researched, and it's about, like, a pretty badass woman who they think probably existed, named Sigrun the Haughty, which is an epithet <laughs> oh, I want great so title. bad! <laughs> uh, I'll never get it, but that's okay. I'm googling Sigrun the Haughty. I'm assuming it's not H-O-T-T-I-E. It is not, but that would also apply. <laughs> it's apparently one of the Valkyries. I think she gets written into, like, a bunch of... It's during that period where it's, like, it's not clear if they were writing, writing myths or if okay. they were writing about historical yeah. people because, like, she did a bunch of stuff and she... Right. Yeah, yeah. so... Punched an elephant to death and only Punched an elephant to death, but also married an actual person in, in the historical record. Right. So it's like, well, <laughs> it's like... That's actually one of my favorite texts I ever translated. There's an Egyptian stela where this king i forget who it was who the text read and the king slaughtered 108 elephants himself not one word of this is a lie <laughs> it's just like of course it fucking is <laughs> but i love elephants it's i love that they had to include that bit it's like no no totally true guys not one word of this is a lie is like yeah. something that my husband and i say to each other now <laughs> because when it's just like it's so over the top that it's like you know it seems legit yeah yeah oh that's great god that would take so long at the bare minimum yeah it's long and what's the point yeah it's a waste (laughs) of a lot of good elephants right yeah just anyway not one word of this is lies you know like maybe a (laughs) tattoo i might get if i that is excellent tattoo ideas you can find me on uh love to hate podcast shu podcast random encounter sailor moon and demons are, the, are a girl's best friend. You can find me on Twitter at Steph O. Kingston. Christina, where can people find you? Oh, right. Uh, no. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at O. Girl, And you can find me on podcast also with Steph, uh, Demons are a girl's best friend. And Geekly, Inter- Geekly Inc. Random Encounters Sailor Moon. And also with Josh, writing reviews on the Geekly Inc. website. Oh, yeah. And Josh... Uh, you can follow me at 4 or 5 Wits on most social media, and you can read my reviews in the reading section of geeklyinc.com. Please do. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. If you like the show, please show us some love with a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Page Podcast. The show is edited by me, Steph Kingston. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and you can check them out at Bad Sparrow Music. And our cover art is by Chango Chimango, who you can check out on Instagram and Twitter at Chango Chimango.